Hello, this, this is Don Witt with the Channel Daily News from Telecom Reseller speaking with Tal Zamir. He is the CTO at Perception Point. Tal, how are you doing today? Hey, Don, I'm great. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah, I'm anxious to get into this, but before we actually start on the subject of today, which is zero trust, can you give our listeners a little background of Perception Point? Definitely. So Perception Point is an Israeli cybersecurity startup founded in 2015. We're focused on the prevention and remediation of any user-related threat as a service. And we're focusing on uh, threats around email, the browser, cloud apps, and much more. That's enough, quite frankly. I mean, those are some, <laughs> those are some big targets to handle. Definitely. So, okay, so we're talking about zero trust. Maybe you could give us a little bit about uh, what the zero trust architecture, security architecture, what is it? Definitely. So uh, zero trust is basically this paradigm that assumes that no user, no device should be trusted. And basically, as opposed to past paradigms and architectures, like the on-prem classic architecture, which trusted every user and device that was behind the firewall in the office. Now we're changing the concept and looking at it at a different angle where you must verify the identity of every user, every device connecting to any application before you gain access and provide access to that user. Exactly. That's the key right there. You, you've got to identify them before they even get on the internet. So mm -hmm. how do you see zero trust trend developing in 2023? Right. So I think first, you know, with COVID-19 and remote work and people now doing this hybrid kind of work models and adopting so many different cloud apps, SaaS applications, organizations will be pushed faster into the adoption of this model because they cannot assume that people are behind the firewall in the office anymore. And therefore, they'll be using their personal devices, BYOD devices, third-party devices, much more than before. And because of that, the drive to adopt zero trust will grow rapidly, I believe, in 2023. Of course, the attackers also are not resting and kind of becoming more and more sophisticated in targeting the new SaaS apps out there, including collaboration tools that have emerged like Zoom and Slack and Teams. And of course, the email and the browser, which are the main tools that we're using for our everyday activities. So organizations will be pushed to do this fast transition to cloud and to security of the cloud via zero trust. And I think because of the explosion in uh, BYOD and personal devices, we'll see them also looking at not just providing this kind of authentication of users and identification of users, but really to understand whether they're coming from healthy devices and whether their personal third-party devices are truly to be trusted. So they'll be looking to add more conditions on how organizations and users in their organizations are accessing enterprise apps. Okay, so now I'm an organization that, that's uh, really interested in zero trust. What should the teams actually be talking about or taking into consideration to implement zero trust in their architectures? Right. I think what we see often is the first step is for organizations to identify what assets they really care about and the critical apps, enterprise web apps in the cloud uh, or on-prem that they really want to protect. As soon as you know what is this list of high-value assets, you can now 
start integrating them with an identity and access management solution, be it from Microsoft or Zscaler or many others that are experts in this space of identity and access management. And once you integrate the critical assets with an identity and access management solution, a zero trust solution, now you can really, you have like this broker that sits in the middle between the users, their devices, and the cloud app that they're trying to access. And you can set conditions on how users log in. It's no longer just by all kinds of credentials and not in a kind of organized way, but once you have that identity and access management solution, you know that users will be using their standard credentials and multiple factors of authentication to gain access to cloud apps. So you have this cleaner setup where users must authenticate with zero trust broker before they access the cloud apps. And you can start adding more and more conditions that take into account the health of the user's browser, for example, whether he has the right security controls in the user's browser, whether you have healthy device and where you're coming from. And this is how you'll eventually make sure that the access is being done from a secure environment. In 2022, we really were getting dizzy with all of the different attack campaigns that were really taking advantage of right. a lot of different vectors, not only the endpoints, which is a real sore point as far as I'm concerned in the, in the yeah. internet. <laughs> I mean, it's, we, that's a big one to solve. Yeah. But what trends are likely to see in 2023 with, with these threats? Right. So I think first, from the threat perspective, attackers are well aware that the world has moved into this cloud, cloud environment and cloud apps. And uh, they are focusing their attention on the top two attack vectors, which are email and web, the browser and email. And they will double down on that, meaning phishing, ransomware arriving from the email channel or from all kinds of cloud apps where you can get a file or you can get a link, be it uh, Teams, Slack, Salesforce, any kind of system that can get user-generated content. And then those attackers know uh, how to create and craft these perfect phishing websites that will fool anyone. And if you don't have the proper protection against the most advanced phishing ransomware attacks, this is the blind spot that attackers will, will find uh, their way in. And I think what organizations should do is basically make sure they have trusted vendor that can cover the top attack vectors, not just as a product that they need to operate, but rather as a service that covers the main attack vectors in a single one-stop shop that can provide this as a managed service. Because most organizations don't have this huge security team and analysts and researchers that can look into every incident and alert. So you really need to look for a solution that covers all of the main attacks as a managed service, in my opinion. Why do you think these threats really started to appear over the last few years? I mean, there, there has to be some reason Right. So I think, uh, as I mentioned, first is the fact that the world has moved into a more uh, rapid adoption of cloud-based applications. And the attackers also have access to all of the traditional security solutions, and they can test their uh, malicious content on the latest antivirus, traditional scanning services, and so on. So because of that level of sophistication where they can craft malicious software and malicious websites that bypass the standard traditional scanning services, we see more and more attacks getting through. And what we need as a cybersecurity industry to do is basically 
move the defense into the user at the closest place to the user where the attacks start and in a way that makes sure attackers cannot evade the scanning. For example, by placing controls inside the browser uh, where the user operates, uh, at the closest place to the user uh, where they do the access, which is mainly the browser, mainly the email, and making sure we catch those attacks at the early stages and not later on when they're already on the endpoint at, you know, running on your machine. And basically, the attackers are both, uh, answering your question, are both focused on cloud-based apps, and they do kind of campaigns that start in one place and end in another, like starting on email and moving over to the browser or starting with a WhatsApp message and a Facebook message on a personal user device and ending up in the user's browser. And the defenses we build must take this into account and sit in all of those different channels and be able to cope with multi-channel attacks. I'm a follower of Dr. Deming and and it's uh, basically zero defect. And his philosophy was the farther out you get away from the from the manufacturing line, the more things go wrong. The same thing yeah. holds true in communications. The farther you get away from your first layer, your where your protocol layer, all of the applications and layers in between are all basically attack zones. <laughs> Everything in between exactly. can be attacked. So, exactly. So how do you consolidate all of the tools that that are out there to try and eliminate those those attacks for all of those different layers and applications? Right. So I think it's very important, especially for organizations that, again, don't have this huge security team and a lot of analysts in-house for a solution to be a single pane of glass that can look into attacks across channels and not to hop over different tools and trying to kind of connect the dots on your own. But you need something that provides you a single pane of glass where you can see the true positive cases where an automatic or managed service indicates that an incident is a true case that you should look into to filter all of the noise for you as a, as a customer. And once you have that in place, this can really be the start of an effective security program. And of course, this comes uh, part of a bigger story and an emerging trend now of correlating data across different channels. I'll just give you an example what I mean by that. Basically, when you have an email, it could be looking innocent and, and benign based on just the email data. So maybe the sender looks a bit suspicious and maybe there's some content that looks suspicious, but you cannot be 100% sure that this email is malicious. But then when you open the link in the browser, in the user's browser, then suddenly you might get additional evidence that indicates that together with the evidence from the email, this looks like a malicious incident with high certainty. And this is the way to handle the threats we have today, like having the sensors in different places, correlating data across those different uh, sources of information, and then providing the customer with a, an accurate alert with high confidence and even to rem remediate also the incident automatically for the customer where you can automatically block that email, block that website, maybe lock the user's account if it's already impacted by malware or phishing, and all of this as a service, this is what I think the security world is heading into. So having a, vendors that can fix the problem end-to-end -end for our customers across different channels. Where can our listeners find out a little bit more? So, of course, on our website, perception-point.io, so perceptionpoint.io, 
Uh, this is our website. And of course, you can uh, see a demo and even get a, a free version of our offering. And of course, contact us for additional details. There's a lot of content online and resources that can help uh, in your journey to secure and adopt a safer environment for users. This is Don Witt with the Channel Daily News from Telecom Reseller speaking with Tal Zamir. He is the CTO at Perception Point. And Tal, you've given us some good perspectives on zero trust, how to implement. And I, I think 2023 is going to be an interesting year. It sounds like you've, you've taken a lot of your own comments and implemented them in your into your technology as well. Definitely. Thank you so much, Don, for having me. Thank you.